Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Uh, my name's Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. To my left, we have uh, Justin Anderson. How's you going, bud? You know what? It's a good day. It's, it's warming up over here in the prairies, and yeah. I'm, I'm loving that. I'm looking forward to a nice upper teen temperatures coming on this weekend. I'm going to go and throw, some, throw the ball around a little bit and put a little catch. Like nine degrees outside. People wearing jean shorts here in Saskatoon. Yeah. It is... It's just classic Saskatchewan. First day of the year, I didn't wear a coat. Yeah. Out in the Maritimes, we got Patrick Mars joining us via Skype. How's she going, bud? It is going great. Uh, it's starting to cool off now. We're at about four degrees here, but it's uh, clear skies. It was a windy week, I'll tell you. Man, my hat got blown off every like five minutes. Every no matter where I went, it was nuts. Just a classic Canadian conversation, hey? How about that weather, eh? Oh, boy. Hey, boy. Let me oh, tell you. that weather, eh? She oh. was sure a windy week oh, here. Weather. Oh, weather. Oh, the weather. <laughs> um, as always, uh, some housekeeping things to get out of the way here. We got uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, BFMD Podcast. Uh, make sure you give us a follow, give us a like, ask us some questions on there. Or don't. You do you. Whatever. Uh, SoundCloud, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Uh, wherever you're listening, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to start with some sad stuff today because, uh, where we live here, uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, it's about an hour down the road from Humboldt. Um, tomorrow, of course, is the anniversary of, uh, the April 6th Humboldt Broncos bus crash. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a bummer day here. It's been like a bummer week mm. in Saskatchewan, uh, mainly because we have to see all the stuff again. I think that's uh, the toughest part about this yeah, whole thing. definitely. Because it's been coming in waves on social media. When it happened, it was like three months nonstop coverage of these really, really sad story- stories. And you have to tell the stories. I mean, that's what the media is there for, <laughs> telling the story, you know. Then it went away for a while. Then it came back. And then it went away for a while. And then the trial came for the, bu- or the semi-driver. And then it went away for a while. Now it's back with your anniversary. People here in Saskatoon, in Humboldt, in Saskatchewan, we're just constantly reminded of this. It doesn't go away. No. I don't know about you, Justin, but every time I scroll through Facebook and Twitter here, it's just another story, another... And, like, they're inspirational and they're heart-wrenching, but it, it takes a toll on you. Yeah. Because it's such a sad thing, and it's just hard to believe that it's been a year, and it's just... Uh, I mean, so many people in this community have been affected. Oh. Again, Humboldt's just down the road. Yeah. Like Humboldt's a city you go to for weekend trips, to hangouts, for hockey tournaments, baseball tournaments, Curling stuff like bonds that. Curling yeah. I mean, it's a, it's one of those towns around a big city that you you frequently visit, and so many connections between the two cities, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it's really sad just to relive all this stuff. It is, yeah. I mean, but out of, out of the tragedy, I mean, some good did come out of it. I mean, we saw so many uplifting stories as as the guys slowly got out of the hospital and and recovered and some of them were back on the ice with the Broncos this year for mm-hmm. the for the season. And I mean lots of stuff came up with regards to like the organ donation and that kind of thing how how uh, a lot of important issues were brought forward by this and obviously the the reforms to laws regarding the truck driving and stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean from something that was so terrible um in the end there was there was some good that that did come out of it which seems tends to happen in a lot of tragedies that the, the people always rise up to kind of meet meet the tragedy mm-hmm. yeah it sucks it takes a tragedy to do it i know i mean that's just the case i mean it really hits home here in saskatchewan it really does it's just one of those things that it's like oh man like you know so many people who like their lives are just changed forever um when it comes to like the the nationwide perspective patrick because you're all the way out in nova scotia what's it like uh for you guys there i mean obviously it's pretty close to home for you guys too hey it well yeah i mean it does because 
everybody here is is just as passionate about hockey and when it happened uh, all all throughout the city when the uh, the idea of leaving the stick out on the porch and all that stuff was was in the news do you guys remember that oh, yeah. when they were like yeah that is something that was like it was all throughout uh, Halifax like it was very common and I think maybe because we are a few thousand kilometers removed from it it's it's it doesn't uh, it doesn't hit us as directly as it does for you guys because it's just down the road but this is something that's been in the national consciousness for an entire year and with the anniversary coming up it's just like it's not going away and I've always wondered from the perspective of people who are in Saskatchewan is it something that is perpetually emotionally draining I remember um, 10 or 15 years ago, I can't remember exactly when, um, the junior team in Whitby, the Dunlops, had to go through something similar where there was a bus accident and there were uh, there were some fatalities. Uh, but it was, again, like it was something that was very uh, prominent in the national consciousness, especially in hockey circles. But do you guys like find this to be a perpetually emotionally draining event, knowing that like, Everything has been stretched out, like you said, Clayton, for so long that like it's just like when can we, when can we move forward? When is it appropriate to move forward? It's never appropriate to just move forward. I mean, for these families, they can never move forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, losing your kid, losing your husband, losing well any loved one, it's it's tough to move forward. I mean, you try to, but yeah. it's always going to be there. But I think the thing is here, I mean, I know some friends who are former Broncos. They played for them 10 years ago, and they still know a bunch of people from Humboldt. They still know a bunch of people with the organization. And they're just, again, they're just emotionally drained of hearing all this news. Yeah. They're like just, some of them just want the media to leave them alone. They're like, yeah. guys, like, just give us a break. Like, we can't keep reliving this over and over mm. and over again. And it's just like, man, like, here we go again. Another story, another another piece, another this. And it's just like, why do we have to keep doing this? But again, the story needs to be told. I mean, that's yeah. that's the balancing act here. How much is too much? And, I mean, again, here in Saskatchewan, it's just tough reading story after story. It's like, again, we got to go through this. Like, it was a really, really hard week here. And, uh it's just tough reliving all that stuff. So you know what? That's that's enough of the sad talk. It's <laughs> it's kind of a bummer week here in the province. So um, one more last sad thing here, really quick. It's Bob Cole's last weekend. Bob Cole, oh baby, <laughs> there you go, Bob Cole. You're you're one of the greats. I don't know what hockey's gonna be like without you. It's gonna be weird. Playoff hockey without Bob Cole. Oh man, you know how yeah, weird that's gonna be. Strange. Like, it's a strange Super thing. Super weird. Like, the next thing you know, Jake <laughs> Houston's going to leave as well, and it's going to be like, who's left to call hockey like, <laughs> These iconic right. voices, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some you, happier stuff, though, now, okay? Let's, uh, before, let's we, this... before we move on, though, Clayton, okay, this is how cool. I was just thinking about this uh, and how it is Bob Cole's last weekend and how Montreal and Toronto is his last game that he'll ever call. And there is this weird, like, direct line of, like, lead telecasters uh, that covers, like, almost 100 years or something like that in uh, Hockey Night in Canada. It's, like, it started with Foster Hewitt, and then it continued with Danny Gallivan, uh, another Cape Bretoner, uh, and then Bob Cole. And there was a bit of overlap between him and Danny Gallivan. And it's kind of crazy to me to think that so much of Hockey Night in Canada has been 
like personified in just these three telecasters. And I think it's really important that if you're a hockey fan, you're out there listening to us. I think you owe it to yourself to listen to Bob Cole's last call, because I do think that they're going to make a big deal about it on the, on the broadcast as they should. And it's hockey is never going to be the same. Well said. Well said. Okay, let's turn this franchise around. Let's talk about happy stuff, okay? Enough being Debbie Downers, okay? Um, Justin got his Avengers tickets. I did. It was a, a bit of an ordeal with the website going down. and I thought you didn't have to use the website. Well, I, I, I was going to at first, and then I ended up going to the theater afterwards. Yeah. Because the website was down all day. Yeah. So by the time the theater opened, I just, like, hadn't had them yet, so I walked down there. But, I mean... There's been some crazy stories where there's there's opening night tickets. I'm going to the Friday. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it comes out that day, but there's obviously there's those Thursday night previews. Um, and there's been people yeah. selling those tickets for like thousands of dollars on ticket Nine resale. 9,000 on eBay websites. I saw. That's yeah. unbelievable. For, for a movie, like, I know I'm hyped. I've been waiting for a year or two, but I'm not paying $9,000 just to see it 12 hours before somebody else. Well, what's worse though? Selling a ticket for $9,000 or, or buying actually <laughs> buying a ticket for $9,000 th- instead of waiting for a month. The stupidity of buying it is is worse than the selling in my opinion. Patrick? Well, I spent two and a half hours fighting through the website to get my <laughs> tickets. I'm going on Saturday cuz that's the day that I have off. And honestly like I'm actually really burnt out on superhero movies right now. Like I haven't gotten my ass out to see Captain Marvel. Um I wasn't terribly excited to see it in the first place, but it seems like it does kind of play a role in this last Avengers movie. But like after this, I need a break from superheroes, man. I'm burnt out. My wallet's burnt out too. <laughs> Two and a half hours <laughs> you spent just waiting to get tickets. That's right. I had sat on my computer and I was trying to push through all the crashing and and refreshes and everything like that. It took me two and a half hours uh, but I got the exact tickets I wanted, and uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. Maybe I my life can't is understand. Pathetic. I don't know. I I I, uh, I spent seven hours, but my seven hours were spent working, so I just gave up after the website crashed and waited till the theater opened. <laughs> <laughs> I spent zero hours and zero minutes because I have stuff to do because I'm an adult. Like guys, two hours. You should just wait next week. Wait for it to come out next week with all the tickets. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Clayton, that we we didn't want you to interrupt your precious time eating different versions of craft dinner <laughs> or macaroni and cheese. Oh, that view. That Shout day. out to Stacy and Clayton in the morning. That video went super viral. So whatever, that's fine. <laughs> Is PC sponsoring yeah. us yet? Probably I got I gotta work somehow. God. <laughs> That's my job. Weird that's, flex, but okay. Yeah, that, that's my. That's literally my job is to do silly stuff like that. It's great, but man, I just like here in Saskatoon we have this theater called Rainbow Cinemas. Oh yeah. And I would always just wait for the movies for like four months to be in the actual theaters, and they go to Rainbow for like a month, and the tickets are like three dollars. Yeah. And oh, I just Two love Rainbow. Tuesdays. Every Best single popcorn. time, asking my mom, I'd be like, "Can we go to the movie?" No, we're waiting until it gets to Rainbow. And I was like, "Okay." Two dollar, po- two dollars, and, and the best popcorn around. The oh, baby. worst theater though. Like the oh yeah. Seats in the and floor. that's why it's closing. Oh, it's can we, down. can we pour one out for Rainbow? <laughs> Rest in peace, Rainbow Cinemas. <laughs> if you're in Saskatoon, you're really attached to Rainbow Cinemas. Everyone has had a weird date night experience <laughs> yep. at Rainbow Cinemas or super awkward date nights, trying to hold hands with like your grade eight girlfriend and stuff. And uh, good times, good times. Uh, let's talk about some baseball, shall we? Uh, first of all, um, Buck and Tabby, they're starting to incorporate some advanced stats yeah, into the broadcast. Yeah. You guys are all about the advanced stats. I'm on the fence. <laughs> 
Um, so give him a shout out. Here. Yeah, How man. Do you like that? I, I was I was watching the yesterday's game when uh, Trevor, aka Tyler Bauer, was on the mound, um, and he was walking a ton but wasn't giving any hits. So somehow it's a no hitter, and everyone was giving him props for walking six people. Good job, Tyler. Um, but they were mentioned that he has a very good opponent's. Uh, expected weighted on base percentage. So I've talked about the weighted on base average before, um, where it, it takes into account more so the, the the batted ball and and then the launch angle, the velocity, and all that kind of stuff. Well, expected weighted on base average uh, removes defensive factors. So it says that if if this ball was hit in a normal a normal shift without any weird skewing, how what's the probability of it being hit? Well, Trevor Bauer has a weighted on base average of about to 12 and league average is well over 300 of course because mm-hmm. um that's how hitters are and so trevor bauer does a very good job of keeping opposing batters off off the base pass which he was doing kind of yesterday by not giving up hits but what by walking people uh so i mean but those guys brought it in and they've talked about war a few times this year already um they even brought out a defensive metric they think they mentioned uh defensive runs saved a couple weeks ago and or maybe not a couple weeks ago but last week during the home opener uh, i thought that was a a welcome change from all their talk in the past of batting average and <laughs> boring stats like that that everybody knows it's yeah, good to see screw batting average no i'm not yeah. saying screw it but it's good to see uh them incorporating some some stuff from the new age that that teams are worried about now this is what teams look at when they're when they're looking at players patrick do you have a boner over the advanced stats getting love on the blue jays broadcasts oh yeah absolutely the jays themselves have uh, i know like when charlie montoya was introduced he kind of played both sides by saying oh well, i'm an old classic old school guy but i also mix a new school uh he was really like bearing the lead there this guy <laughs> is very deep into analytics uh maybe not personally himself but this is what they do in tampa and this is what he learned so the fact that we're seeing this massive culture shift um as well as like a giant exodus of players uh getting dealt off the team uh this is the new age deal with it yeah good for analytics good for them proud of them awesome um a lot has gone down since our last recording because we had to record late this time um, we're just really busy people. Super important yeah, stuff. Patrick going down. has to go to a new job. Yeah, whatever, man. Super <laughs> selfish. We're your priorities. Congratulations, yeah, Patrick. Whatever. No, you want know to take that congratulations back? Okay, take it back. That's why I said it in a condescending way. Good. I'm glad. Um, Kendris Morales got traded to Oakland. I did not expect Oakland to trade for a guy like Kendris Morales. Well, they lie. they had a need once Matt Olson Very has, true. had a broken hand or forearm, whatever it is. Very so. true. So Kendris Morales, are you surprised that we got rid of him, um, Patrick? Actually, let me rephrase that. Not surprised we got rid of him, but we're able to get rid of him. <laughs> uh, you know what? After all our talk about how frustrated we were with the contract and all this stuff, I'm actually like kind of bummed because he was such an integral part of helping the young Latino players integrate into the team. And now that he's not there, there's not really anybody to kind of be that middle person anymore to kind of help them and that's kind of shitty <laughs> i want him back <laughs> um i don't want him back so much as just if he was a if he was a coach he'd be the perfect kind of guy yeah but oh yeah but as a as a as a player on the field he he's not terrible i mean no one's saying that Kendris malice is bad but he was just taking up a roster spot that a guy like rowdy telez now has 
the chance to to get this. And I mean, in terms of Latino guys, we still have uh, Freddie Galvis on the team, who is from Venezuela and speaks great English and great, and obviously speaks Spanish. So he's going to be that new guy, mm-hmm. and he has been. I mean, he's they've they've talked a ton about Freddie Galvis once they finally stopped calling him Freddie Galvis for some reason. I don't know why they were doing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they've they've showed lots of footage of him out before the game, especially with Lourdes Gurriel. And even with Brennan Drury working on them turning double plays and just infield communication and that kind of thing. So he's already been uh, showing off his leadership in terms of defense. And I believe that he'll be kind of that guy who he'll step into a leadership role right away, and he already has, and kind of take these younger guys under his wing. He's only 29, but, I mean, he's been in the league for a while now, and he's a great a great guy by all accounts and a great player. So Let's talk about uh, the actual baseball then, because that happened before we actually <laughs> stepped on the field. Opening day. Was that not the most oh, boring man. opening day game you have ever seen the Blue Jays play? The, the morning was more exciting with all the roster moves and speculation and <laughs> everything that went down. Such an exciting morning. <laughs> Worst game I have was, ever seen on an opening day. I was just like, really? It was like, great if you like pitcher's duels, which, which, I, which I do like. I do not like pitching duels. Chicks <laughs> love the long ball, Justin, yeah. okay? Chicks dig the long ball. And it was just so, so boring. I mean, Marcus Stroman pitched great. Yeah, he, he was did. really, really well. That last inning there, he was, he was, you can he tell was he was now. running out of gas. Yeah. But Joe Biagini looked good. Ken Giles looked really, really good. Shame we couldn't win in an extra innings there. The bullpen kind of let us down. Yeah, but then game two and game three of that series, I mean, the pitching keeps going. Matt Shoemaker, yeah. seven scoreless innings. Aaron Sanchez, five scoreless innings. We didn't allow a run in those two games. We were really critical of our pitching um, in the season preview mm. episode on Bat Flips and Maple Dips. They proved us wrong. So far. We should rip on our pitching all the time so they can <laughs> prove us wrong all season because, Patrick, I don't know about you, but I was so surprised with our starting pitching performance. Man, when we when we get to it later, we talk about who's hot right now. The list for pitchers is like everybody but two or three. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just incredible what we've seen, especially out of the bullpen. I am beyond happy that Joe Biagini and Ken Giles have been so lights out. Uh, it's time for me to eat some humble pie, and uh, we're going to get there when we <laughs> talk about who's hot and who's not. Yeah, I mean, even Trent Thornton made mm-hmm. his MLB debut yeah. as a guy who we all kind of thought would be in AAA rotation in Buffalo, and he throws five innings and strikes out eight and only gives up two hits, no walks. Yeah, like, major league debut. Like that's a it, it was against the Tigers, but that doesn't matter. I yeah. mean, the guy came in against a major league lineup and struck out eight guys over five innings. Like it's still a professional it's, baseball team. It's awesome. Like it's still yeah. a feat. Uh, the thing is that last game in that Tiger series, Thomas Pannone. Oh man, he can't keep the ball down. He's having a hard time. Keeping the ball up. You gotta cut the like get the ball down, man. Like and when he's when he's keeping it up, it's like it's a flat pitch. Like there's no movement to it. It's just a beach ball. Even Russell Martin could hit that. How rowdy did you get when Rowdy hit that pinch hit homer in the eighth? I think I stood up and was like, (laughs) Yeah. I I said some expletives. Yeah. (laughs) Um and then we go to play the shitbirds. And oh, if you've listened to Bat Flips and Maple Dips a few times before, you know we do not like losing to the shitbirds. Yeah. And we almost had that awesome ninth inning comeback, but we lost the first game 6-5. to five. Um, Randall Grichik has well looked great in that series, though. Yeah. Like, Randall Grichik, right after he got his big contract, which, by the way, do you guys think that's a good contract for Randall Grichik? I, I like it. Um, obviously on the heels of, of Kevin Pillar. He signed it the day that they traded Kevin Pillar. That contract had been in negotiations for a while. This mm-hmm. wasn't like a, oh, by the way, Randall, we want you to sign this contract kind of yeah. thing. Um, I, I do I do like it. Obviously, we've talked about how Randall has the ability to play center field and right field very well. And 
based on his second half last year, that's the Jays are giving him the contract, hoping that he can come somewhere close to what he did in that second half of the season in 2018. And I mean, he's hit three home runs since signing the contract. Obviously, two were in the one game, but Gritchick has looked pretty good. And I mean, he's he's kind of in that age. He's at 27 right now. He's kind of he's right in that prime of his career as a corner outfielder slash maybe center fielder, depending what happens with Alfred and the rest of the outfielders as we go through the season. Um, but I I do like the deal. I mean, it's like 10 million dollars a year, which compared to some of the contracts we've seen signed recently, like the Trout extension mm-hmm. and these kind of things. Like obviously he's not a Mike Trout, but Bryce or but Ronald Gritrick is a great ball player, and I'm I'm happy to have him on the team. Patrick, are you liking this Gritrick deal, or do you think it's a little bit too much? No, it's great. It's exactly the right time for this kind of thing, and. I think what I was seeing a lot on Reddit was like, this feels like an overpayment. And I think what a lot of people fail to see is they can look at his stat sheet and say like, oh, you know, he hit 240. Well, the truth is that once he came back from his injury, he was hitting closer to like 280, 290. The problem was that he had dug himself such a tremendous hole uh, the first month and a half before he got injured that it was just... It was impossible to climb back out. I think that Grichik still has the potential to crack 280 and to hit 30-plus bombs. Let's just see what happens. I mean, I probably would have waited a year to give him this deal, but the deal is good. It's what we need right now. Anytime an outfielder signs a long-term contract with the Jays, I get a little worried because <laughs> of Alex Rios. Uh, Alex Rios has ruined... Long-term outfield contracts for me forever. Think about Vernon Wells, too. Vernon Wells was okay, though, after his deal. Immediately after Alex Rios put pen to paper with his contract, he turned to dog shit. He he forgot how to hit the baseball. And I think it was because of the home run derby. Because when he went to the home run derby, all of a sudden he started swinging for the fences every single time after that. So he got ruined, I think, by the home run derby and I think a little bit by his contract. But I don't think it's like that Alex Rios number because I think Alex Rios was like seven years, 147 million, something Mm -hmm. like that. And this is 554, or five five years, 52 million, sorry. So I think it's a pretty good deal. And again, everyone's like, oh, man, but he only hit this. He only did that. Man, he had a hell of a second half of the season. So. Yeah, and I mean, we, we talk about prospects a lot on this show in our system and, and how deep our infield is. But when it comes to outfielders, we don't have, outside of an Anthony Alford, we don't really have anybody who is above double-A ball mm-hmm. who is really knocking on that door of Major League Baseball. I mean, like, we have guys like Cal Stevenson who is in A-ball who's going to probably pretty be pretty good throughout the future but he's got drafted in 2018 so he's got a couple years of work to do and Forrest Wall who we got from Colorado last year is in double a um so we don't really have anybody who's knocking on the door in terms of outfield prospects so locking up a guy like Grichuk who is in that prime window of his career and has the potential to hit 30 home runs uh when we don't really have anybody else that's coming up immediately that's it's a solid deal i mean by the time guys like vladi and Bo and kevin biggio get up to the big leagues we'll have gritchick as the stalwart veteran in the lineup and hopefully he can keep up his production and kind of tutor these young guys as they come up well he's gonna have to because uh kevin plar is gone he he sure Um, is yeah he was traded before uh that uh second game in the baltimore series um when it comes to the guys that we got back, Patrick, um, we got three of them, by the way. We got mm-hmm. three guys for Kevin Pillar. Uh, judging by your guys' comments, we'd be surprised if we got one back for him. Hey, <laughs> I mean, you guys were shocked we got three back. But more on that later. Um, Patrick, what do you think uh, is the best, or who is the best player that we got uh, back in this deal? Uh, it was the prospect uh, pitcher that we got. I don't remember Juan, his Juan De Paula. 
Well, it's Juan de Paulo. Okay, yeah. So it, he was ranked number nineteen in uh, in the Giants system, uh, if I recall correctly. That's correct. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, Justin, did he not get re-ranked into our top thirty? He is at number thirty. Yeah, I mean that's tremendous. The fact that we got a top thirty prospect for Kevin Pillar. I'm not saying. Look, we'll talk all all about Kevin Pillar. And, and how great he really was and the great memories that he ha- we had with him. But he's on the wrong side of, of 30 now, and he had definitely lost a step defensively. Um, he could still do the Superman uh, like catches and all that stuff, but he was he's too old now to be in the window that we need him to be, which is why he got dealt and Grichuk got an extension. It's just, this is... This is business. It 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 hurts the team and it hurts morale and it it hurts the level of excitement that fans are going to have in Toronto to watch the team um, because Pilar was probably the most popular player we had in the roster uh, until he got dealt. But you know this is just what happens. Teams have turnover. It's sad, but uh, you know I'm sure Clayton will. Uh, We'll do all the talking as far as all the great things that Pilar represented for the Jays. For sure. I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned it with Pilar being probably the most popular player. I'd say most popular position player. I still think that Marcus Stroman is probably the most popular, most well, most talked about Blue Jays player anyway, whether it be good or bad. <laughs> but yeah. Kevin, Kevin Pilar was the leader of the of the defense for sure. I mean, basically playing center field, he's been there the longest. I mean, it's a 32nd round draft pick. So, I mean, you got to give the guy some props for that, for not only sticking with it but he ascended through the minor league system very quickly he was only in the minors two years before he got his first crack at, at big league ball he didn't play his first full season until his fourth professional year but i mean that's good for him i mean for a 32nd round pick the last round of the draft kind of like the tom brady of of the blue jays organization where he just gets picked at the end and ends up coming up and being a solid contributor i mean obviously we didn't win five or six rings like tom brady has but it's a different different league um I'll I'll miss Pilar's leadership more so than I'll miss anything else. I think, I mean, we've we've talked we've beat the crap out of him on this show, Patrick and I anyway, um, since we started doing this for his offensive production. But uh, and honestly, I, I'm I'm on the fence about his defense being elite anymore. But I mean, he's still he's still a great center fielder in terms of in terms of the advanced stats. They still think he was a top ten uh, center field, just not elite anymore. But it's it sucks that he's gone, but like Patrick said, he's just in the, he's not in the competitive window for us anymore. He's three years older than Randall Grichuk, so he didn't he, and he wasn't producing at that level to earn another more time with us. I guess. I'm so mad at you guys right now. <laughs> you guys murdered Kevin Pilar on a weekly basis on this podcast. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. He's junk. He can't even run towards the ball. Have you seen how bad his jumps are? Oh, maybe he wouldn't have to have those athletic plays if he ran to the ball correctly. Oh, his bat is awful. He's got to go. He's got to go. Then he goes, and you guys... Oh man, it's so sad to see him go. Oh man. He's dead now. No, I mean, there's you nothing can't else to just say. Just go back and forth on something like that. <laughs> on a guy like Ke- I have had this guy's back since day 1. Since yeah. day 1. And you all of a sudden you guys, oh man, like he was so good for the Jays. I'm not letting you guys backtrack. <laughs> not I'm not do saying that. that I that I'm not that I'm happy not that I'm not happy that he's gone. I am because it gives the other guys a chance to play. I wish it was that wish it was Alfred, but unfortunately we have Socrates Brito batting now. Great name by the way. It's a huge name. Yeah. Um but but I digress. I mean, I'm definitely happy that Pilar is gone in terms of the law, in terms of the big picture. He wasn't going to win with us. No. I mean, he's not going to win in San Francisco either because they just keep bringing in older players. 
I don't know why San Francisco was so um, had such a biggest boner for trading for Kevin Pillar. It doesn't make much sense to me, but I mean, good for them. It's their prerogative. It's just, I'm going to miss this guy because he was one of my favorite Jays of all time. Guy made plays. And it just seems like a lot of Blue Jay fans out there were kind of like you guys. You know, this guy's crap. He's, he's got to go. Then he does go, and it's like, oh, man, what have we done? <laughs> I agree he had to be traded. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Pillar was not the Kevin Pillar of four years ago. Again, I love the guy, but he was not. He's he wasn't down. as bad as people were saying he was. Defensively, I mean, no. Like, you guys were saying, oh, this guy can't even hit a baseball. He's still hitting, like, 245 at a major league level. Which is very tough it's to do. It's the ability to take a walk that See, we were always mad Yeah, okay, about. but it's not like he's hitting 210 like Russell Martin. That's true. <laughs> like, it's not like he's doing that, you know? He's still at least but kind of serviceable. he can't play, play third base like Russell Martin, oh, Okay, he can't pitch like <laughs> Russell Martin either, I guess, yeah. you know? But, again, I'm going to miss him because, again, he was... I thought he was still serviceable as a center fielder. Was he the best center fielder in the league? No. no. Was he not as good as he used to be? Uh, absolutely, you know? But he was still a pretty good center fielder. I didn't like how his last year... Uh, with the Jays, everyone was all of a sudden, oh, this guy can't play baseball. He can still play baseball. I feel like, though, we got to be happy that we actually got something for him. We got three guys in return for him. We got really nothing for Josh Donaldson, and we could have traded him earlier than we had. I think that's kind of why fans jumped on the trade yeah. for our bandwagon is because we saw what what had happened with some other guys that we lost. Like we, we lost Edwin Encarnacion to free agency. We could have traded him, too. Mm-hmm. We didn't do that. We lost Josh Donaldson for virtually nothing because, I mean, the guy got hurt, and that's not the Jays' fault. But the the fact remains that I think people were just a little bit antsy based on pr- recent history, I guess, and just seeing us get three players, including a young guy, which was probably the real reason that they, they weighed that trade was to get Juan DePaula. Um, it was a good deal. That's all I can say about it. It was a good deal. Again, I agree. I love Kevin Pillar. You had to see him go because yeah. we knew this was coming. The writing was on and the I wall. Mean, he's from California, so he's he's back in his mm-hmm. home state. So good for him. He's closer to his family. I mean, it, the trade works out for both sides in the end. The guy's going to be pretty good for the Giants. I'm calling it right now. I said it two weeks ago on the podcast. Whoever gets him, I He'll think continue he's going to be, be an above average, above average fielder and a below average offensive player. He'll continue to do exactly what he's been doing for his whole career. All right. Captain, <laughs> Captain Stats over there. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Oh, I'm sure we will. Uh, we got that Cleveland series, by the way, before we get to... Oh, actually, you know what? Let's talk about best Kevin Pillar moments. Patrick, sure. best Kevin Pillar moment. Uh, it's when he stole his way around the bases there. There was a video that popped up in my YouTube feed uh, like a day or two ago, just because he got dealt. And it just kind of reminded me that uh, even though his uh, bat leaves a lot to be desired and he was a lot slower when it came to uh, making catches in the outfield and all that negativity, um, he was one of the few Jays who has the ability to burn around the base paths. And watching watching him do that, it's, it's really special. It, it was really tremendous. Patrick, Justin, sorry. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I remember back in 2015 when I think was it Colby Rasmus, no, Anthony Alford or Dalton Pompey or somebody had made, I think it was Dalton Pompey had made the opening day roster as center fielder. So Kevin Ply was in left in 2015 and it was Jackie Robinson day. And I remember the ball came off. I can't remember who, who hit the ball. I think it was Tim Beckham. I'm pretty sure it was Tim Beckham. Um, but he hit, he smacked the ball to left. And it's like, oh, man, that's gone right away. And then the, you just see Pilar just running in a straight line towards the wall. And he jumped up. And I think it was like a Myers-Norris penny, like an MNP. The MNP, I was just about to say, MNP the MNP logo catch. On the yeah. wall. And I think yeah. it was real on the M that he like put his spikes like halfway up the M and reached over the wall and brought yeah. the ball back. And that's and I remember seeing because yeah. it, was, it, was, it was number 42 was on his back. And I was like, man, that's a great day to make a great catch like that. 
Um, that's that's definitely my favorite moment. Obviously, he made that one that great one last year against Nick Castellanos and the Tigers too. And yeah. Castellanos had to stop and kind of give him the applause. Mm-hmm. So that he did make some great catches. We can't take that away from him, and we can't take that moment away. And that's that's the one I remember most from Pilar is definitely that catch in left field. I'm gonna say my favorite moment are the the signs the fans made for him. Yeah, I've never seen a Blue Jay get more creative signs than Kevin Pillar. <laughs> yeah, I mean people were loving him in the uh, outfield. They'd always had the Superman signs the, and stuff the like that. Two thirds of the Earth is covered by a wire. Exactly. The rest is the other covered by Kevin Pillar. Kevin Pillar. Yeah, yeah. I'll always remember those signs in the outfield <laughs> in the in the stand at Rogers Center. It was uh, yeah, everyone loved Kevin Pillar. I mean, you know? didn't they have like the uh, the caped jerseys or something gave yeah, away last year exactly yeah the too. superman yeah. So, I mean, capes they, yeah yeah they 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 ran with the marketing mm-hmm. side of it too which i i like as a marketer so mm-hmm. <laughs> again it sucks that he had kind of a a bad last hurrah with the jays you know his he wasn't what he used to be he was a shell of his former self but again guy can still play and yeah. where would you put him on all-time defensive blue jay outfielders patrick well, you're going to be happy, Clayton, because I think he's number one. This is this is a spicy take for me, especially Ooh, given what I've I said about Pilar before. Man, one. did you like eat a bunch of jalapenos? Because I mean, I can smell the gas from here, man. It's that's spicy. They're, it's super spicy. As great as Devon White was, Pilar <laughs> was just a special player. Oh, I mean, man. you don't you don't get called Superman because you're you know, you're just above average. You get called Superman because you're out there doing stuff that nobody else can do. Nobody. And in the time period where he was the center fielder, defensively speaking, I can't remember an outfielder who was as dynamic out there as Kevin Polaris. So there you go, Clayton. Stop. Get off my back, man. Yeah, well, you guys should give him some. You guys owe him five episodes of love after the five episodes of hate it's that our, you gave our him. reparations. Yes. Say five Hail Marys. Oh, my God. You do. <laughs> you guys were too mean to him. And uh, now everyone's all man. nice. Everyone's on the Kevin Pillar bandwagon man, again. Man, that's way too spicy, Patrick. I had a hard time. I put Kevin Pillar at three. I had Vernon Wells at three first and Pillar at four. Because I remember, I just remember, I grew up watching V-Dub back in the day when I always remember him playing in center field behind Roy Halladay, and it seemed like every time there would be a ball hit over his head, he would he would track it down and make those great running over-the-shoulder catches. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I never saw Devon White play center field live or, like, in person on TV, whatever, as a kid, because I was, like, two years old when he was still playing with the Jays. But watching the old games on TV with the classics with my dad or just by myself, watching him track baseballs and the speed and just like the instantaneous reactions that he'd have to everything off the bat. You, you thought that Von White could catch anything from foul pole to foul pole. Like the guy was incredible. Mm-hmm. And another guy I never got to watch Lloyd Shaker Mosby. Yeah. Um, he's regarded as one of the best blue Jays of all time, let alone just defensively. Um, and the guy played with us for a whole decade um, in the eighties and the early nineties. So, I mean, I, I had to put Devo at number one and then Shaker at number two. I put Pilar at three ahead of Vernon Wells. I didn't even rank a number five cause I didn't want to put Colby Rasmus or anybody else on the list. Shout out to Colby Rasmus and his cousin Moe's hair. I can't believe you would put Colby <laughs> Rasmus ahead of Shannon Stewart. Shannon Stewart played right field. He was in the corner. Are we talking about outfielders? I'm talking or just, just center. Field? I'm just talking center field. Oh, okay, I'm talking outfielders because oh, I'm like, where is the love for Shannon? Stewart? Oh, I would give Shannon Stewart some love for sure. Yeah, yeah. he's the guy. I love Shannon. Reed Stewart. Johnson would be on that list yeah, too. Yeah, Reed Johnson. His high socks. Reed Johnson. I gotta put Kevin Pillar number one, but it's oh, maybe a, a, a tie. Devon, Devon White and Kevin Pillar <laughs> tie for number one. I gotta put a. You gotta put V Dub at number three. I think, but V Dub got a little fat. During his later years, I mean, if you want to say Kevin, oh Pilar man, I'm slow. not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> That's not fair. Well, he, he, he not fat. He was still obviously in great shape, 
but he got a little bigger. Eh. Like it wasn't maybe maybe it was just muscle. Maybe he was just jacked. Put a lot of time <laughs> at the gym. I don't know. It, he just looked bigger, and he was definitely got a little bit slower. Him and Kevin Pillar both got a little bit slower. Yeah. As their uh, Chris oh, oh, everyone, everyone gets does. a little bit slower. I'm slower than I was. Yeah. I'm only 25. The only person that got faster <laughs> was David Justice in the movie Moneyball. Oh yeah. Oh god. Magically just. I was just gonna say that make a Moneyball reference by saying, "Are you saying he got thick around the waist?" <laughs> David Justice reference here. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Pillar, I'm gonna miss you, bud. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get a Kevin Pillar jersey, I think. That's a good jersey to get for a retro J. Yeah, hey? I was tweeting with Hendo yeah, a bit just... on, on Twitter today there, and he was talking about how he only wears jerseys of players who don't play with the Jays anymore. Yeah. So just because it's safe. I mean, he feels he said he felt like he has cursed some players in the past by buying their jerseys, and then they, they get traded and or stop playing well. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I know I, I kind of do the same. I have a Bautista jersey that I bought in his final year with Toronto, and I have a Brandon Morrow jersey that I still proudly rock. Ugh. I love Brandon Morrow back in the day. The dude could have been so good. He wasn't around long enough, though. I know, but I, I loved him when he was here. I, I, I remember him when he struck out the 11 guys against Tampa through the one-hitter. And yeah. he's, he had some great – he had some stuff. He's, and he's still pitching with the Cubs, too, in the pen. Mm-hmm. What um, random jersey do you have, Patrick? I've got JD, but what I was going to say to you is if you wait long enough, wait strategically, I guarantee you national sports – We'll have a fire sale on Kevin Pillar gear. You can go out there and you can get yourself a Kevin Pillar authentic jersey for five bucks. That's nice. what I do with JD. And I'm going to wear that JD jersey until I die. And then I want to be buried in it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tobias Funke flashback from Arrested Development. We're having a fire yeah, yeah. sale. So, <laughs> I think those random jerseys I have in my closet for the Jays. I got a Ricky Romero still, the oh, great man. Toronto when it first that's came the, out. That's the guy Hendo thought he cursed. Yeah. yeah. And I got a Homer Bush. Homer. Oh, did I love Homer Bush. Him and O-Dog. I remember we had Homer Bush at second, yeah. and then we got rid of him, and I was like, oh, man, I loved Homer Bush. Who's this new guy we got? And it was the O-Dog, and oh, I was man. like, well, this guy's way better the than O-Dog Homer Bush. Awesome. Like, I got so much personality. Oh, the O-Dog was the guy. Um, let's get into who's hot, who's not, shall we? Um, yeah. We got to save the pitchers for last because literally everyone's been hot. So when it comes to the hitters, um, I personally have my eyes on Freddie Galvis. Yeah, no man. one saw this coming from his bat. I mean, it is early. Yeah. So it could be a little deceiving. A little bit of an opposite Randall Gritchick situation here. We brought him in for his defense and leadership. He's hitting 318 for the boys yeah. right now. He's only struck out five times. He's got three walks, three RBIs. Looking pretty good. Yeah. I'm liking I, I, our, our hitters have actually done a decent job so far of taking walks. We have seen a lot of strikeouts, but the walks have been there too. We saw six against Bauer yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean. 22 ABs for for Gallus. I mean that's up there with the most with the lead team lead. But I mean it's a small sample size, like you said. It's going to be early for another two months yet in baseball. But I mean, it's it's a great start. I mean it's what you want to see from a guy you bring in free agency for sure. Patrick, who's uh, been hot in your minds when it comes to the bats? Uh, I'll preface this by saying it's early <laughs> and it's hard to you know really understand so what these stats mean in the long term. Yeah. That being said, my boy is batting 500, and I'm going to bring it up. Richard Urania is 6-for-12 to start the year. We're not sending him down. He's going to stay up until he goes cold, or there's like some sort of dramatic need for a different roster spot. But Richard Urania hitting 500, whatever it is, this guy had a great spring, and he, he's whatever he's doing, he's dialed into it. I, I want to see where this goes, because I think Urania could end up being... Uh, that's kind of super utility infielder if Guriel doesn't work out. <laughs> and we'll talk about him in the who's not section. I love how you put Alan Hansen in here after 
after one game and then who's hot he has three abs he got he got one hit <laughs> well, struck I mean, out twice yeah. he, he, got, he got he got hit by a pitch once <laughs> oh, oh he did he, he did get himself a a single so i mean yeah struck out twice so fetch yeah. right now, though. So fetch. Uh, it's not as fetch as Socrates Brito. Oh, if he man. keeps this pace up, though, he's going to bat 333 for the year, guys. <laughs> like, oh, man. Legendary He's season. on pace like 150 hits. Yeah. When it comes to who's not on our squad uh, for the hitters, oh, boy, where to begin? Uh, Justin Smoke has not been great. Um, four RBIs, one home run. That's not bad. He's also struck out seven times. That's a little worrisome for me. He, like he, Justin Smoke always hasn't had the best of eyes. Yeah, I mean, but seven strikeouts early on. I mean, Brandon Jury has to be eleven. Done, Brandon Jury. I mean, Brandon Jury is <laughs> leading that. He's got eleven. Uh, Grichik's got eight, but Grichik's going to strike out. We know that. Yeah. Um, I was a little surprised. I don't know about you, Patrick, but I was a little surprised at Justin Smoke start. Him being the leader now with Kendris gone, I expected him to be a little bit better. Hey. Uh yeah, but I mean, I don't think it's fair to. Uh, I don't know. It's I'm on early. the fence about this because I know. On, Again, on we one... prep this. It's early, but <laughs> it's 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 early. His OBP is still uh, in and around where it needs to be. I think the bigger problem that we're facing right now is that it's not that the team uh, is like getting blown away with strikeouts. They're not any more. They're not striking out any more than what they you know have the last three or four or five years, but. It's a real problem that Danny Jansen only has two hits so far this year. It's a real problem that Guriel only has two hits so far this year. It's a really big problem that Brandon Drury has struck out 11 times in seven games. Like, Teoscar Hernandez, you had the hottest spring out of almost anybody in the lineup, and you're batting 200. But... Like... Look what at, the fuck is going uh, on? His credit, he's taken one more walk than he's struck out. And we've been on Tasker Hernandez in the past for not being able to take a walk and for striking out too much. So, I mean, he's yeah, was, he's doing that. And, I mean, yeah. he had that clutch double last night to put guys on second yep. and third in the ninth inning. So, I mean, the guy, and that was a pinch, that was a, he came in as a pinch hitter too. So, it's it's tough to yeah. it's tough to get on these guys too much too early. This The guys who strike out, like Drury, is striking out a lot. He does have six hits, but he's been in the leadoff spot. And to strike out 11 times, batting leadoff primarily is too many. But at least Brandon Jury has a 200 average. Yeah. Lourdes Gurriel has struck out eight times. He's batting 087. Yeah, that's very true. Like, yeah. ugh, that's not great. And Danny Jansen, can I just say, maybe it's because he's a catcher, but the guy runs like a nerd. Oh, like, yeah. have you have you seen him run? Yeah. Waddles. He's a big he waddle. Waddles. He's built like a square. <laughs> and like he just he like does like his elbows are way too far away from his body like when he runs. And he's like, his catchers can't run. They're not good at running. Uh but he's running like Like he looks like Super Mario on like on Super Mario Brothers 3 for NS no for original Nintendo, Super Mario Brothers 3, where he's doing the and he's like moving his hips a lot. Man, does he run like that? He looks a little weird in his glasses too. Like a catcher that wears glasses. I love the goggles, man. As a, guy who, as a guy who wears glasses, I love them. I didn't like him at the start. They're kind of growing on me. I wish I get some blue ones and not some white ones. He had some blue and white ones last yeah. year. You're like you're not from Fort McMurray, man. You don't need <laughs> white Oakleys. You're not working on the rigs. Like, uh, it's working on the rigs. Yeah, just hang. Oh man, skull citrus. Woo! <laughs> Forty grand truck blew all my old money. Don't gotta drive anymore, Berta. <laughs> uh, classic. classic uh, but Lloyd, yeah, Danny man. Jansen. I thought he was gonna be way better than he is. He's batting. 095 and 
He's yeah, really hasn't done anything at the plate. No RBIs, no nothing. He's been he's been a ghost yep. out there. So Danny Jansen, he's been playing good defensively, other than that one game where he had like four pass balls. <laughs> but he figured it out after that. Every catcher, especially in his rookie year, is gonna have that happen to him. Yeah. So he's figuring out, but man, he is chucking guys out stealing the bases. So that that's good to see. I think he's he's thrown out three guys so far this year. I th- Two or three, yeah. He was two in the first two games, and I think he threw out another one in the Baltimore series. Maley threw one guy out, too. Oh, might have been Maley. But still, I mean, Danny Jansen, he has a hose of an arm, so at least he's got that going for him. Uh, When it comes to pitchers, oh, man. Again, we did not see this coming. Matt Shoemaker, I was on him because I didn't trust Matt Shoemaker. (laughs) Prove me wrong, bud, and I have no problem admitting that. I love it when the Jays players prove me wrong. He's 2-0, ERA of zero. Guy's a stud. Like First pitcher since 1908. To debut a, or to start a season with two starts of seven innings and giving up two hits or less and no earned runs, mm-hmm. 111 years. Not bad at all. That's and it's good. Matt Shoemaker of all. Guys. Remember when we had Hendo on? Second show out to Hendo yeah. today, but he talked about how he thought Shoemaker might have been the, uh, our most our best pickup of yeah. the offseason. So. I didn't believe it because again, I just didn't trust this guy. I yeah. was like, ah, you know what? Like he's a veteran guy. Whenever we bring in veteran pitchers, it usually is. Kind of an iffy move, but he's proven us wrong. Five to one strikeout to walk ratio. Yeah, Nothing Patrick, what do you think of your boy Marcus Stroman? Because you were very critical of him. Has he uh, kind of proved you wrong a little bit, or no? Uh, yeah, I've got a lot. Listen, Ooh, here I've got a lot of humble pie. I got to eat. I'm <laughs> gonna go do. through. Uh, yeah. This is gonna take a minute, guys. <laughs> but I, re- it's time for me to eat some crow. I talked a lot of shit about a lot of pitchers in our system so let me just go down the list and start the mea culpas joe biagini uh whatever it is you're doing right now is absolutely phenomenal he is a strikeout machine right now he is turning into the eighth inning guy that we desperately needed him to be the last two seasons the fact that he can now focus exclusively on the three batter minimum or whatever the the fuck we're we're stuck putting him (laughs) in as now um he, the fact that he can focus on this and doesn't have to worry about spot starts and that our boy Sammy G can do that, I think it's it's helped him get some mental clarity because he had a great spring, and so far, knock on wood, uh, he has been tremendous, and I love it, and I was wrong. I'm okay with that. Matt Shoemaker also had a meh spring. He has been phenomenal. He was 14 saving. innings pitched. Earn run average of zero. He is holding opponents to a decimal zero nine one batting average. Do you know what that means? He's given up a grand total of four hits. That's pretty good. Yeah. Four hits and two starts. Joe I mean, Joe Biagini we should give some love to as well because we've all been on his case, but he's only walked one guy. He's allowed one hit in four and a third. He's also struck out seven. He's got that strikeout machine back. He he belongs in the bullpen. Oh yeah, we've we've determined that. Yeah, he like he, he putting yeah. him as a starter last year as that spot starter. That was a last huge mistake, yeah. huge mistake from Pete Walker and Gibby. Like he is he's a great bullpen guy. Actually, I wouldn't say great yet. Maybe we're over. He's a big dude though. Yeah. So I mean, he he looks big on the mound and he throws downhill and he throws a good fastball and he has a nice mm-hmm. curveball. That curveball is that that twelve six. It just drops off the shelf and yeah, it looks good. What about Aaron Sanchez, Patrick? What do you think about him so far? Uh, again, somebody, well, I mean, we talked about this a little bit in the off season and about guys who absolutely had to come out, you know, guns blazing and both Stroman and Sanchez 
are, are doing it right now. They've given us quality starts, and unfortunately, the runs just aren't there to support them. That's got to be frustrating for both of them. But it's time to dip into the conspiracy theory, boys. Okay? You remembered in 2016 when they were great? Mm-hmm. And then what happened? The beef. The beef. Where's the beef? Stro- Strochez broke up. Something happened, whether it was a girl that got between them or the fact that Sanchez switched to Scott Boris uh, as uh, an agent, whatever it was, these two had beef. They were not ever seen talking to one another anywhere. Yeah. Whether it was in the in the dugout, in the bullpen, on the field, doing any type of press, they were miles and miles apart. But after the starting rotation got together and said, look, from now on, we're all going to walk out from the bullpen down to the dugout together before every game. And the pit- opposing pitchers are going to see that, or the opposing players, and we're going to intimidate the shit out of them because we're going to prove that we are a cohesive unit. And since then, the two of them are right back to where they were back in 2015, where they were living together and they were super tight. I'm not saying that they're BFFs again. I don't know what, what the deal is. I'm not going to pretend I know these guys <laughs> or their lives. But Something there strange. have been, yeah, there have been articles that have come out recently with the both of them being very candid about it. We were close, then we are not, or then we were not, and now it's something has changed and it's getting better. And now that they have tapped into that sort of team mentality together, leading the way, coming out of the bullpen, all five of the starters, something's happening in that locker room. There is a culture shift and for all this talk about wanting more veteran leadership in that locker room, Stroman is starting to assert himself as that leader. And I think he's wrong. I don't think we need anybody else anymore. I think we just need him and Sanchez on the same page. That's I'm really a, excited for the future now. That's a big part of it. I mean, yeah, we, we've seen these guys sort of mend their ships. They follow each other on Instagram again. So, you know, that's, they know you know, they're friends. Like, like, are we in high school? I, like, I remember seeing that Oh my that god, pop he up followed on, him on Instagram I remember seeing again. that on Twitter. Super serial, you people guys. Were like, people were posting that all over Reddit and on like Ugh. Twitter and stuff. I said, come on, guys. Like, this is It's 2019. Let's move on. Let's, let's grow up a little bit. But I want to give a shout out to the pitching staff as a whole, um, especially the guys on our Who's Hot list. Everyone, we, we have 10 guys or whatever it is on our Who's Hot list, and they've given up a combined total of one home runs, and that was Sammy G. Our starting pitchers outside of Sean Reed Foley, who made that spot start, haven't given up any home runs yet. Daniel Hudson has given up two out of our total four home runs in the in the pen. We've given up four home runs through eight games. Pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah. Less than a half a home run per game. You'll yeah. take those odds. It's not bad. Yeah. When it comes to pitchers who have uh, been bad, again, not a lot of options because Ken Giles has been great. Thornton's been great. Pannone has even looked pretty good as well. Um, Sean Reed Foley, though, in that start looked... Yeah, it wasn't great, no. Oh, man. Like, it wasn't like... It was just one of those days where it's like, okay, you know what? Facing a good team. He's getting hit hard. Sean Reed Foley... Man, he couldn't hit his spots. No, you can tell like the catcher was setting up, and he had to move all missing. over the place. Yeah. Sean Reed Foley was just missing, and that's never good. That's obviously. why he's in AAA. That's obviously why he's in AAA. Tim Mesa too. Tim Mesa was supposed to be one of our most reliable bullpen guys, and he struggled. He struggled a little bit. Um, not, I mean, he's astronomically, but that's the thing. He's walking five guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
is whips at 2.33. The thing is, that again, this up. control stuff, it can figure itself out. You know, usually you figure this out in spring training. Maybe it takes a little bit longer. I think Tim Mays is a guy that'll bounce back. Because, you know, he's, he's a veteran kind of guy. He's been mm-hmm. here before. Sean Reed Foley, though, I hope it doesn't ruin his confidence. I don't think it will. You don't think it will? No. He's been in the majors. He's, like, he's he was been last knocked year down too, a bunch yeah. of times through his Miley career. And I, I think Sean Reed Foley's, he's got to believe in his stuff. I mean, the kid's got talent. So that's, let's hope that he kind of goes down to Buffalo where, where he should be to start the year. And depending on what happens with the starting rotation, whether it be trades or injuries, he's one of those guys who could be first in line if he's pitching well and should play. Are you worried about... Um... Sean Reed Foley at all, Patrick? Like, did that start kind of irk you a little bit or no? It's upsetting to see and disappointing for him, but no, come on. The dude is, what, 23? Yeah, he's young. 24? Like, he's a, he's a young buck. He's got tons of time to figure it out. And all kinds of pitchers have gone through the minor league system and have come up and gotten shell-shocked their first season, season and a half before they figure it out. I'd be worried if he was, like, 27 and <laughs> this was happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, if he was a little bit on the older side and more was expected of him. But he was put in a terrible spot. Uh, Clayton Richard got hurt. Uh, He got called up, had to make the trip from Buffalo at, like, the last minute. Maybe not, like, the last, last minute, but it was pretty tight. And he literally pops into the clubhouse, and then all of a sudden all the the diggers and the the local uh, beat writers and stuff like that go bananas because why is Sean Reed Foley in the, the locker room? It was a lot of pressure uh, to be put in that type of position, and it's not surprising that he folded because he's a kid. He shouldn't be put in that position to start mm-hmm. with. Somebody should have put uh, Sammy G out on the field doing uh, doing that start or, or serving as the opener or whatever the hell you, know, you want to call it instead of shoving Sean Reed Foley in there and feed him to the wolves the one positive thing i say about that is that it shows that the organization has confidence in sean Reed fully that they believe that he could go out there and possibly succeed in that start so i mean it's 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 yeah he can take that as kind of a vote of confidence that hey that these guys believe in me enough that they were willing to give me this spot start on a moment's notice kind of thing so i mean it's it's good for him to pitch against big league batters just too bad he only lasted two innings i agree that's the thing like Live he wants learn. to start. He's got to kind of get through yeah. those. You know, he's got to he's got to learn to get out of the inning. Live That's the learn. one thing that he's kind of struggling with. You know, like if there's one mm. mistake or a walk, or whatever. It's, it's he's he's finding it tough. He to gets get. rattled out there yet. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. That's all, boys. Um, we've covered everything. The uh, coming up week here for the Jays. What do you expect from them here? Well, we're they're playing in Cleveland again tonight, and yeah. they've got one more there, I believe, and then we go to Boston for their home opener. So we get to see Boston get their World Series rings, oh, and there'll great. be a big ceremony. Sweet, and... awesome. I don't oh, think I'm. I'm not going to tune in for any of the pregame stuff. I'm no. going to wait until I see that first pitch has been thrown before I tune in. Um, we'll have. Who's going to start that series? It'll be probably Shoemaker and Sanchez in a game. Mm-hmm. How do you think we'll look in that series against Boston? How do you think we'll do? Boston's kind of been like us so far. They're struggling with the bats a little bit, they but it's, really it is. Bad. But it is Boston, mm-hmm. and depending who we line up, if we get if we get Chris Sale or David Price or a combination of the both of those guys, it'll be it'll be tough going, but. Boston's a world, the world champions for a reason, so it'll be a tough series. This this whole this whole month is pretty tough for the Jays. They play some good teams, mm-hmm. but I mean, after the first couple weeks of the year, you kind of see guys uh, kind of get get into the groove of things. I mean, the Yankees are decimated by injuries right now. Everyone had them picked as the odds-on favorites for the division, and they look like they're in some some doo doo a little bit. Patrick, how do you think we're gonna do against uh, Boston here? Oh man. Uh, I am absolutely licking my lips at the prospect of watching Chris Sale go out there. Whatever is going on with him is not good. He has looked absolutely atrocious so far. 
he has lost like five to six miles per hour on his fastball. He is cracking like his peak <laughs> fastball. I think is like ninety one. Yeah, and they That's just signed to that it's... big extension too. There's something wrong. I think he's actually pitching injured, and I have no idea why they would do that, especially this early in the season when mm-hmm. it's a uh, marathon, not a sprint. Both the Yankees and the Red Sox have been off to a bad start. They're below uh, or, or They're have below. the same record as the Jays or something like that, mm-hmm. and they don't look great. Um, obviously, they're going to right the ship at some point, but this is a bad time of year to be uh, putting guys out there who are hurt. Watch out or for Tampa if Bay. There's something, <laughs> yeah, like there's something like, I don't know, have, have you had a chance to see the the tape on sale and what he's done so far, Justin? Because... I haven't, but I've been I've been browsing the old Twitter sphere and Reddit a little bit, and, and Red Sox fans are very, very anxious right now when it comes to Chris Sale, so I like to see anxious Red Sox fans. <laughs> I just like to see Red Sox fans in pain. Oh, I yeah. can't stand Red Sox it's like and Yankee Boston fans. Boston Bruin fans, too. They're the worst. They're just awful. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's all for another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Again, thanks for listening, whether it's on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn, wherever. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, too. Don't forget to give us a like and a follow and a comment and whatever. If you're listening on there, too, hey, thanks a bunch. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, on behalf of Justin, on behalf of Patrick, thanks for listening. Quick shout-out to the Saskatoon Blades starting their WHL second-round playoff series Blades, against uh, PA. God, I hate Prince Albert. Yeah. We were just talking about Yankee and Red Sox fans. Prince Albert Raider fans are the Yankee fans of the WHL. Oh, for sure. They are just, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I just can't take them. Let's well, wrap up the go episode. Mo- go Moosehead and go Eagles because they're in the second round too, boys. Here we go. Nah, go, go Blades. Go. <laughs> uh, Justin, you get the extra song today. What are we going with? We're going with uh, a little bit of Kryptonite from Three Doors Down. And a little Superman shout out. For Let's Kevin Pillar. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just for you, buddy. Again, you murder the guy for four months and now you're back on. Uh, it was the... actually more like ten months. Yeah, it was actually more like two years. Wow. Well, it's been more it's been long <laughs> in the on the podcast about ten months. Yeah. <laughs> Over overall in life, two or three years. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the greats. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Well, I took a walk around the world to ease my troubled mind. I left my body lying somewhere in the sands of time. But I watched the world flow to the dark side of the moon. I feel there's nothing I can do. No